Hey guys, Alex here from the Prime Life Podcast and I am super excited about today's guest. So joining me today on the show is one of the world's leading mental performance coaches and has worked with some of the best NBA athletes in the league such as Aaron Gordon, Ben Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, just to name a few. This man has also worked with professional organizations such as True Ventures, Silicon Valley Bank and the Utah Jazz. In this episode, myself and Graham talk about mental performance coaching, mental performance skills, and how athletes can practice and use these mental skills in order to become a better player on the court and also off the court. Graham is all about helping players become more present, more present in the game, more present in life, and how this ultimately leads them to become a better player all around. Guys, I had an absolute blast with this guy. What an absolute gent, and I hope I will be able to work with him and do some collaborations with him in the future. So guys, without further ado, I hope you enjoy my conversation with the great Graeme Betcher. Very excited about today's guest. So joining me today on the Prime Life Podcast is one of the world's leading mental performance coaches and has worked with some of the NBA's best athletes, including Aaron Gordon, Ben Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins, to name a few. Uh, this man has also worked with professional organizations such as True Ventures, Silicon Valley Bank, and Utah Jazz. So Graham Betchard, you are very welcome to the Prime Life Podcast. It's an honor to have you on the show. Hey, right on, Alex. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, I'm blown away. You know, I'm excited to do it, and let's see where this goes. <laughs> yeah, super pumped, man. I know. I said to you earlier, you're my first international guest, and um, first guest from the USA. So it's a little milestone here for me in the Prime Life podcast. So I'm pumped. Right. Congratulations, bro. This is awesome. <laughs> so, Graham, very excited to have you on the show. I know. In Ireland, um, The Last Dance on Netflix was a huge hit here in Ireland. Um, and I think what people really got and really loved about the show was they kind of got an insight into MJ's, obviously, mindset and mental skills and, and also the, the Chicago Bulls, their whole mindset and mental skills and approach to the game. Um, so before we get stuck into all the different kind of um, actions that we can take and skills and skill sets, how did you get into mental performance coaching? I'd love to hear your story and for the listeners then to, to kind of get a glimpse of your life yeah. and how you got into it. Well, I think like a lot of people, you know, I grew up uh, kind of idolizing Michael Jordan, you know, and I remember noticing there was something about what this guy could do under pressure, you know, and so this kind of that spark probably was planted in like sixth grade, seventh grade of like, there's something different about this guy. And then as I fast forward through my life, I love basketball, played basketball. And my first year of college basketball, when the season was done, uh, I was going through a really rough time. I, I, a rough depression set in. I was super anxious. I just like kind of all these things started collapsing in life. And I reached out to my mom for help. And she introduced me to a woman who became my first teacher of mental skills. And she, she didn't call it mental skills. Uh, she ran the San Francisco Healing Center. And so I basically learned to meditate to visualize the power of compassion, uh, all these skills that in 1997, uh, as I looked around, not too many people were talking about. And if they were talking about them, it was kind of corny or there was a stigma against it. So the, the, the light bulb kept going off that like, hey, wait, there's something super powerful here. 
no one's doing it. And fast forward, I finished college, my first job out, I had a friend and he said a magic sentence to me. He said, Graham, have you ever heard of sports psychology? And as soon as I heard those words, <clears throat> I knew that that was my calling because I was going to use sports psychology as a way to teach all of this like meditation stuff uh, I had been taught uh, years ago as a, as a teenager. So that's how it kind of called me through personal experience. And I've just dedicated my life to trying to proactively teach it because the thing that jumped out at me, Alex, was that when I started healing myself and getting myself out of a depression, you know, they were like, Hey, she said, you know, you have to practice. This is a skill. You don't just come to me a couple hours and we work for like a month or two and then you forget about it. Like for the rest of your life, you have to practice being present. And I was like, Oh, it's a skill. And so that also made me feel kind of cheated uh, by the world a little bit of like, Hey, why wasn't I taught this skill at five? So at least I could start mm. practicing because it's not easy, but I became aware at 19. So started to dedicate myself, worked on my master's in uh, sports psychology and went after the game of basketball. You know, that was the game I loved. So I said, okay. Um, I went to a JV basketball team and I said, I'm just going to start here and I'm going to start with a JV basketball team, work on my master's and just go from there. You know, and just lovingly try to teach mental training through a game that I love, and, <laughs> and I just stuck with it. You know, like, but that's oh, how it started. You know, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, so you've been doing it for what over a decade now. So you, yeah, uh, two thousand and four is when I was I went all in full time. Mm -hmm. That was the first year I started coaching the JV basketball team, and uh, my commitment was to stay four years and create a, a mental training language. We ended up like mental training works. I'll be damned. It works. So we started winning a whole bunch and I was like, well, I don't want to leave, you know? <laughs> so I ended up staying six years and I ended up meeting the first NBA player when he was 11 years old. Um, it wasn't like I, NBA players were calling me. I was working with kids. And so I met Aaron Gordon when he was 11 years old at a basketball camp and he was just some kid, you know, it wasn't like, mm. you're like looking over going, there's a pro athlete. You're just like, there's some little skinny kid raising his hand with a question. And so we started talking and, um, you know, that's kind of how I started connecting with a lot of players is I met them when they were young. Wow. And what I would do, Alex, is as I was working at basketball camps and coaching, I would just look and notice that who was kind of looking back at me with like an open mind. I could see it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm teaching meditation. 75% are like, what is this? This doesn't make any sense. And I would see a couple kids going, huh, like this is something. Yeah. And then I would just go talk to them and see if they wanted to kind of stick with it. And that's how I would start to mentor young kids and help them. Uh, five, six years later, you know, people start trickling into the NBA. You know, yeah. they start making it. And then people would ask me, how did you know which kids to work with? How did you know they were the best ones? And I was like, I didn't know. All I knew was they were into the mental game. And I thought, oh, I'm betting on that kid. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'll bet on that kid. Yeah, yeah. And sure enough, a lot of those kids made it. You know, so and you're still working with Aaron Gordon now and, and some other players. Yeah, I work. Basically, I'm there for everyone I've ever worked with for their whole life. And that's what I tell them. I'm like, look, this isn't a quick fix. I'm here for your whole life. So we may not talk for years. Um, give me a call when you're ready to work on whatever it is you want to work on, you mm -hmm. know. And so that's how I look at mental training. Um, and yeah, I've been working with Aaron Gordon since he was 11. He's 25 now. And so, you know, the relationship expands and it always changes. It always grows. Uh, it's never some fixed thing. Yeah. But for me, I always want to see them grow. I want to see them continue to expand and grow. And uh, 
that experience to me is super rewarding, you know, just to stick with someone for the long term and kind of see them stick with something and see them from a preteen to a teen to becoming like a man, you know, 25 years old to coming into like their own thing. So that's it. Seeing it, seeing it to hold her through. That's, that's, that's lovely. It's a nice, it's a nice thing to be part of that whole journey and that transformation. It's amazing. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So you, you're all about your big part of your work is about being plain present, plain present, being in the moment. Um, It's, it's like, it's difficult, isn't it? It's very difficult. Yeah. To, like yeah. when you're working with pro athletes or you're working with athletes in the game, what, what, what sort of mental skills you have to develop in order to be present? Like if you're in the middle of a game and you're thinking about the past or you're worried yeah. about the future, how do you get yourself into that present moment playing basketball? Uh, well, I think the, one of the important things you said is, listen, this, this isn't the easiest thing to do, right? That's, that's why it's a practice. Nobody's perfect at it. So we start with that, that, Hey, learning to focus on the task at hand mm-hmm. as a human being can be challenging because our minds are being pulled every which way mm-hmm. all over the place. And as an athlete, it's hyper focused. You know what I mean? There's a scoreboard happening in real time. So we start with just introducing the idea that the present is something we just introduced that a lot of times people didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that. So we say, okay, the present's a thing. And the idea is this is where we want to be, right? Because if you're not here, where are you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't make a play if you're not here. So we start with how do we start being in the present? And real simple things to do, Alex, we just use our eyes and our breath. So we take our eyes right now. We look around. You know, I'm seeing a phone. I see you. Uh, I see my desk. Like, this is all here in real time. So if you can put your eyes on what's happening in real time, that can draw you back to the present. So we say, see, see what's happening in real time. And then of course your breath, right? Your breath is that classic tool that's happening right now. Even if you're not aware of it, it's happening. So we we say, find your breath. And then even once you do those two things, right? It makes sense. The thing that I've found most takes people away from the present Mm -hmm. is that the present feels vulnerable or the present is uncomfortable. That's usually the reason we don't want to be there. Uh, let's say you enjoy ice cream. And I said, Hey, Alex, let's go eat a bunch of ice cream. You'd be like, hell yeah. Like being in the presence, no problem. But if I said, let's eat something that was awful for you, right? It's a more challenging moment. So um, acceptance is a big one. So we accept whatever's going on in the present. And then we have a willingness to trust our skills in the moment. And once you realize that you can do that all the time and that no one can stop you from that, it can be motivational, right? Because all I said was you got to be here and you got to trust. You still might get your ass kicked, right? You still might be getting throttled out there by the other team. You can't yeah. control that. But, you, but if you can be willing to be here, mm. use your eyes and trust your game. What I found is that most athletes, when they do that, they really realize there's no defender or other team that can stop them. And it's almost like that at every level. And what you realize is the biggest defender is yourself. You know, so I just say, use your eyes, find your breath and then trust. And then if you have a willing to, willingness to be vulnerable, you, you become pretty potent, right? Because if you can be vulnerable, mm. that's tough to be stopped. You know, you often, you often come across this, come across this, um, you know, the sentence, trust the process. And you know, I've heard Kobe Bryant talking about it, just trust yep. the process and trust in the training. Do you find that athletes find it hard to trust that process that they find yeah. Lacking confidence and 
you know, I mean, most people are results oriented, right? Mm -hmm. And so their mind is constantly in the future. So if they make one mistake, they think that dictates what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And instead of being grounded in a foundation of, no, I, tr I trust my skill set and I'm going to play this out over time. My confidence is not based on one or two things going right or wrong. That's fragile. Like that can't be confidence, mm -hmm. right? My confidence is based on something I control. I control my process. And then I think, Alex, where it becomes palpable is after process is pleasure. Like, do you know there's an actual pleasure in the moment? Like, besides us just saying all this shit, like the moment, the process, like that's just all words. Like the real thing is the pleasure exists in the moment, man. That's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to miss, like, are you living life to go talk about it later on? Or are you living life to experience it right now? Yeah. And I think if you can bring yourself back to like, oh my God, like the pleasure is in experiencing life. Yeah. Not me breaking down a stat sheet later on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you actually say beyond like trust the process is like, wait, the pleasure is here, man. And I'm not, I'm not going to miss that shit. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to be here yeah, and yeah. the process yeah. is the pleasure. Yeah. So most of us are attracted to pleasure. Yeah. So I've seen, I've seen Kobe Bryant, right? Miss 22 shots, but the pleasure of being present was so palpable that he mm -hmm. felt joy. Yeah. He yeah. felt a, a, a euphoric, joyous feeling. And an athlete I was working with was a rookie on that team, and he couldn't believe it with his own eyes. After the game, he was like, what is wrong with this guy? He's sitting there palpably pleasurable, and he just had the most miserable statistical game. Mm. And the whole idea was, dude, st statistics, that's not a pleasure. The whole pleasure is in the moment, yeah, bro, yeah. not in stats after. Mm -hmm. So once you start to get to that, you realize if the more I'm here, Yes, I'm going to experience very intense emotions, but there's the pleasure in it. And the only defeat is I'm not here. And I want to experience the pleasure in the moment, man. You yeah. know, and you got to you got to go through fear, of course. Right. You got to go through a lot of feelings, but you can tap into that intense uh, experience of truly being present. And man, once you experience that, that's kind of all you're looking for. You know, like that, yeah. that supersedes failure or people praising you. You're like, there's something way beyond that, that I'm actually going for, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think, wasn't it Mark, was it Mark Vansell who put, put out that famous quote that Michael Jordan was just, he mastered the art of presence. Come on. All the Come time. On. That, when you think about it, like that's, that's the whole thing, mm. right? He would just, yeah. he would relax and be there and you have to accept the results and outcomes, right? You accept it. Something's going to happen after this. Yeah. But, the whole thing is existing right now. And if you can learn to surf, call them waves, right? If I can surf the waves of now, some waves are really big. The energy's big, but if I could, the pleasure is in surfing the waves now, uh, that's the whole deal, you yeah. know? So if you can get, now to get there though, right? You got to go for, you got to face some stuff. Cause what is Michael Jordan's famous for facing fear and famous for saying, I've missed 26 game winning shots. That's what makes me great, you know, because he's willing to go fail. Most people are not willing to do that. Once you go through all that, you break through to like a different dimension that they've discovered where, I mean, it's, again, the pleasure is palpable the more yeah. present you had. I was just working with a soccer player who was like, he found himself so present folding laundry. And he was like, it came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden time slowed down and this whole experience shifted. And he was like, Graham, I was folding laundry. And I was like, yeah, well, how powerful is it to be present? He's like, it's the most powerful thing that exists. And I was like, that's what I've discovered. And also, life only exists right now, right? Yeah. So if we're not here, we're missing life, you know? So you may as well be here Absolutely. for life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
I'm a big, big fan of uh, Peter Crone's work. Mm. You know, Peter Crone, he's from England. I think he's based in LA as well. Um, yeah, and he's, he's all about that, playing, playing in the present moment. You know, he has this, I think he was talking about, like, a lot of athletes and basketball players, they'll focus on their past failures, their past failures. Yeah. Like if they miss a shot, they just can't get this out of their head. And it's trying to create a different lens for them so they can see themselves with open possibility rather than trying to avoid this problem that they're trying to, you know, it's reinforcing this problem that they have. Let's say if they can't miss, they can't get the shot or, you know, they can't get the free point throws and they're just, the percentage is down, but they're trying to avoid this rather than trying to, I suppose, excel and succeed. So if you're an athlete, if you're working with somebody and, and I'm sure you have, how do you, how do you get, their mindset right? How do you switch that? How do you, just from your work, let's say somebody's, you know, their, their free throws are bad. I don't know the lingo too much in basketball, yeah. um, but how do, you, how, do you get, how do you get them to get out of that rut that they're in mentally? Lack of constant confidence, self-esteem. That, well, first of all, um, they have to want to do it, right? So I've never been able to do anything with someone who doesn't want to work. So just like if you're, if you're a strength coach, you say, how do I build muscle? It's like, I don't know. This person has to want to show up to the weight room and want to get uncomfortable and have that point in their life. They're ready to do it. So once someone is like, I want to work on my mental game, like I, I realize this is a thing, um, it starts to happen automatically because mm -hmm. their intention, their energy, everything's there. And then we start to work on shifting their focus from results and outcomes to the pleasure of the process. And yeah. that's, I mean, it's a lifetime's work. Right. But I would never say to someone, I'm going to improve your free throw percentage because right away that's getting them into results and outcomes. I would say, who gives a shit about that? And let's get back into doing the thing that actually is fun and feels good. And then we'll see what happens to your results. Yeah, and yeah. now we get back into the joy of playing. Right. And so mm -hmm. the thing that paralyzes most players is results and outcomes. Yeah. So you have to work. The initial training is you train them out of that back into a childlike state, which is just like the fun of like running around right now. And yes, we know everything's on the line and results and outcomes count. And there's millions, like, I know all that. Yeah. But the first thing we do is get back to how do you get your best results and outcomes? And they all know it. They'll be like, I forget about results and outcomes, have fun, uh, get into the moment and, and trust. Yeah. And I say, okay, well, why don't we start setting those as goals? So our goals become not winning and losing, not making points. Our goals become, I'm going to be here. I'm going to accept the results and I'm going to have fun. Yeah. yeah. So powerful. Yeah, that sounds silly. It sounds like, silly. Uh, it sounds very silly and simple, but it's just that flip of the switch, isn't it? Mentally. Like it's. Well, then you, then you got to practice, right? Because if we could yeah. flip it, you would. But the truth is, we're living the human experience and exactly. everybody around you is talking about results. Your right. mother, your father, your dad, the press, the, everyone's like, we got to win, we got to win, mm. you got to score. So you have to have that ability to accept all of that. And then go, all I'm going to do is trust. I don't control results. I feel sorry for them. That's all they talk about. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to control results. So, for example, in basketball, uh, there's, a, there's famous drills where players will be on the court and they go, okay, I got to make five shots in a row from this spot. Then I move to another spot and I got to make five in a row. And you move to different spots. Yeah. So, notoriously, what happens is the player catches the ball, makes the first shot, makes the second shot, makes the third. And now they're like, oh, shit, don't miss the fourth. Right. Yeah. So they're so now they're not even close to present because they're making up math in their head. They're like, it's the fourth shot. Fourth. The ball's just in your hand. That's the only thing that's happening. But they're counting numbers. 
So I'll watch this happen over and over again. And by the fifth one, they're just like, please don't miss. And it looks terrible. And so what we work on is counting to one every time. Every time the ball comes to you, it's one shot now. Comes to you, one shot now. It's always just one shot now. The math is made up in your head. And people love to make math up in their head. It, make, you guys, it gives it meaning. It makes it seem like this pressure, like he's missed 20 in a row. The really good shooters are like, I'm just shooting it right now. Like, you guys think I control makes and misses. That's foolish. Whether I make 20 in a row or miss, it's the same shit. Yeah. Now, that's high level, someone who's been trained at a high level with mental training. That's kid, super, that is super powerful. That is unbelievable. Yeah. That's Most young kids miss three in a row, then they tell themselves, I'm having a bad day. They refuse to shoot, right? That's not, that's like, that's, that's literally, your nervous system doesn't know how to shoot. You've talked yourself out of it. So uh, counting to one is I'm just in this moment. It's one shot now. Uh, sounds easy to do. You got to practice that. So sometimes your brain will be like, oh my God, you've missed seven in a row. And you got to be like, no way. It's just one shot now. Come back. And that's the will to come back to the moment. And if you win that fight, your body's going to do what it's trained to do. Mm. You know, and eventually it'll all play out. It'll all work out. And if you're great, you miss half the shots you take. That's kind of how basketball works. So, yeah. <laughs> now, but that's so powerful. That's, I did a solo podcast there recently on, um, uh, the idea of like standing over a putt. It's the same kind of concepts and it's kind of the self-talk going through. Yeah. Like, don't miss this shot. Don't fuck up. Don't <laughs> miss this shot. But I mean, it's, you're, you're, it's kind of going back to that. Kind of, it's the same concept of just enjoy it. Just trust, trust either outcome and just go yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what helps a lot? Uh, uh, a routine or a ritual before you play or okay. like say, say you're in golf, like a pre-shot routine, right? Mm -hmm. um, basketball players, it's kind of like a free throw, a free throw and a golf swing is very similar, right? No one's stopping you from doing it. It's your own routine. You get to go through and do it. The very last thing I've noticed that helps is give yourself permission for whatever to happen. You know, instead of like, Oh my God, it has to go in or I have to hit it in the fairway. Be like, look, I'm going to trust my swing and whatever happens, happens. Because yeah. if you do trust your swing, chances are it's going to be a good swing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's what it's about. You just let it happen. Yeah. But most people in their mind are like, it's got to be a good result and I want to avoid the mm -hmm. bad result. Where I found the magic happens is you go, I accept either one. I'm cool with either one happening. As crazy as that sounds, you go, you know what? Whether I hit it in the water or the fairway, either way, actually, I'm going to be alive. So F it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And then you, re then you relax and you kind of give yourself permission to relax. And it doesn't mean you don't care. It means that you're going to let it happen. Uh, I study a lot of Bruce Lee. I don't know if you've had a chance. Bruce Lee is great with the mental game and martial arts and focus. And one of the things he talks about is the very last process is you forget about everything you've ever learned. <laughs> and, you, and you just let it happen. Like if you're going into a fight going, oh, my God, I got to make sure I do this punch, then that, you're going to get your ass kicked, right? Yeah. You got to go in there and no, just let it happen. So. I've noticed the very last thing with performing is at this point, right before the game or the competition or the match, yeah. just go with, just let it happen. Let it happen. And yeah. So that means if I have to fail miserably, let it happen. Let it happen today. Then let it happen. Cause the greats all go into that space. They'll let themselves go into that space. Mm -hmm. um, and by going into that space, they allow profound possibilities to happen where if you're like, I'm not going to fail that big, your, your chance for greatness gets really small. Yeah. It's, it's a weird concept, but that's what I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, it affects you physically as well. Like your anxiety starts running through your body or your arms will stiffen up. I mean, you're, you're yeah. limiting yourself physically already thinking like that. So that's right. Uh, before I go give talks, right before I go on, I'm like, 
dude, I don't even know what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't like, and I tell myself, who cares? Like, yeah. I, I've already, I've done the training. I prepped. I, I know who I'm speaking to. I've done all the stuff. And the final phase is just see what happens, you know, like let it come out naturally. And then it comes out poetic and it comes out with timing. That's like hard to explain how the timing was so good. And all I can say is basically you work on becoming a vessel. So advanced forms of mental training is look, this just comes through me. I let all of it come through me. Aaron Gordon can't will himself to jump that high. He was born with that shit. Yeah. You know, his, his brother doesn't have that same family, same gene. So you're like, I don't know where this came from, man. I don't know, but I let it come through me and I'm going to trust it at all times. Yeah. And, and by doing that, it gives yourself permission to be as big as you want to be without it overwhelming your ego and just crushing you. Cause you're like humbled by it. You're like, Hey, my job's to show up and trust what happens after that. I can't control. I love it, but I show up and I serve, I let it rip. And then, Hey, we see what happens, you yeah. know? <laughs> oh, it's super powerful. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> but remember it's, it's a practice. So this, as I say it like that effortlessly to go perform yeah. that, Oh man, you got, that takes courage, right? It takes vulnerability, yeah. willingness to do it when everything is not looking good. And you're like, well, you still got to show up, you know? So and when you're working with NBA players, do you find that some of them struggle with that? Is that a thing that what do you find most about? Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, NBA players are humans, right? That's, that's, yeah. that's like the first thing. These are human beings. And I mean, yes, they're really good at basketball, but it's like anyone who's a professional at what they're doing. Like they're really good at what they do, but they're all human beings. We all feel all the feelings. We all go through the whole thing. Um, you know, some of them may have been doing this training maybe a little longer than some other ones. So yeah. they're a little more comfortable that they can't control results. Um, that's a little haunting when you first come into the pros, because a lot of times, you've kind of controlled results up to that point in your life. You're, I mean, you're pretty good, right? You're like, I was really good in high school, kind of dictated where I went in college, was really good in college, and, and now I'm getting paid. And then at the NBA or pro level, everyone's good. So it's like, you know, um, learning to deal with that, there's a transition. But then when you learn, once you learn to grasp some of this stuff, you can hear it when you hear really good pros talk. Um, someone will interview them and say, man, your stats were terrible today. You know, they'll say something like, well, I can't control the stats. Uh, my effort was great. My focus yeah. was great. Eh, it's just one of those days. It's how it goes. I'll be here tomorrow. And so pros bounce back really well, right? They, mm. they know how to take an epic loss and then just like show up again and keep coming. Sure. Yeah. You know, a 16 year old takes a rough loss. <laughs> that can be like crushing, you know? So that ability to bounce back is huge, really, really big. And I suppose, do you work a lot with men, um, kids now, teenagers? Because I prob that's, that, that's probably the right time, really, to start the whole mental training process, isn't it? Teenagers and sports and competitive sports. I've found that the sweet spot. I mean, that's where yeah. I, I find it. If you, if you can plant those seeds when they're teenagers, right? You introduce the idea of being present. Mm -hmm. You start to just introduce. Um, then they're practicing, right? Then they're practicing. And then so by 18, 19, 20, 21, they're like, hey, I've been doing this for a few years, right? instead of picking it up maybe at like 30 in a crisis yeah. you've started to learn it proactively at 13 14 so for example with aaron gordon uh he told me look the first four four or five years of us working together he didn't quite understand the value of it and mm -hmm. i was like that's no problem good thing we planted the seed yeah, so yeah. by the time you made it to the nba and you realize there's a lot of guys as athletic as you and as tall as you we didn't start our mental training then you already had your foundation yeah. And so he, we could kick it into another level, right? And instead of going, starting from scratch. And so, yeah, the teenage years, that's kind of my sweet spot. That's where I find myself 
I love to work with athletes in that spot and I love to help them get to different levels. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's great. Talking okay, about, so, I loved your, I loved your acumen of um, MVP. I thought that was cool. Okay. I didn't have thought recently, but talking about meditation, visualization, and positive self-talk, how important is meditate meditation in, in, in basketball and, and, and visualization? Cause I kind of put them kind of nearly two hand in hand. Well, I combine them yeah. in the training that I do, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because meditation, some people in the sports world, it's, some people aren't coming. It's, it's a slow, some people don't believe in it. It's how do yeah, you yeah. You're working with athletes in, in the NBA or basketball? How, how do they take that meditation? You know, I've, I've found this, Alex, that, you know, pro athletes can smell something that's not genuine from a mile away. You know, mm. they've, they've developed that sense because everyone, either want something from them or wants to be around them. So first of all, if you're genuine and you come from a place of service and giving and you have something that's no is valuable, then that that's always going to work over time. So my approach has always been, uh, first of all, I've been doing this my whole life. I know the value of it. It's not words I learned. So it's very powerful for me and it, and it impacts me at a deep level. So MVP was a way for me to kind of combine Yes. some basic tools and then put them into a sports context, right? Everyone wants to be an MVP, right? Most valuable players. So I thought, okay, we meditate, we visualize, and then we say some positive uh, self-talk. Yeah. And you're right. Meditation and visualization, very similar to me, very, very, very similar stuff. Uh, you know, you're closing your eyes, you're breathing, you're bringing your attention inward, right? We're going in to do some inner work. Um, and I found the value to be so immense. Uh, like extremely immense, you know, and it's one of those things, learning to calm, relax yourself, get centered. I found in the NBA that once I built trust, once they started to trust me, then they come and ask for the meditations. They want to do them all the time. They know the value. They love it. And Cause it's one of those things. It's almost, it's like a massage or something. You know, I mean, if you're like 10 minutes later, you're like, man, I feel great. I feel mm. centered. I was feeling anxious. Now I calmed everything down. Like, Hey, that's a good feeling, you know? Mm. So the deal with meditation and that stuff is it's, it's immediate. It's not like in 10 days, you're going to feel better. You're like, no, watch what happens when we do it right now. Yeah. So sometimes in the NBA during the more intense times, you would notice more people wanting to do that. Yeah. It'd just be, it'd be natural, right? When there's more energy, uh, people are like, Hey, can you help me relax? <laughs> and we would go meditate and do that. But the cool thing was I found players starting to do it where they felt most comfortable and what worked with them. So sometimes players would be on the training table uh, sometimes they would call me on the phone from their home. We go to the yoga room. I've had players like after practice, you know, they all have their cold pool, hot pools. They do all this stuff. One's like, Hey, I sit in the steam room for 10 minutes. Can we knock one out in the steam room? And I was like, no problem. I've never done that before. And I went in the steam room with a couple of like world-class athletes. And I remember like starting the meditation and I was like, Oh shit, I'm going to have to get out, out of here fast. It's so hot in here. I can barely handle it. So I made it like a breathing meditation for them. I like, was like, all right, now you're going to breathe on your own for four minutes. And I just had to get the hell out of there because it was so hot. It was like burning my lungs. But, uh, you know, once they trust you and then, yeah, you just start to meet them where they are and connect with them. And mo my MVPs, most of how I do those is I do them for around five minutes. Okay. And what I found is that little five-minute window, it's so non-evasive. It's so easy to kind of roll with because you're not like, hey, I need an hour of your time. Yeah. You're like, hey, let's just get a little five minute real quick. And you're like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. let's do it. Knock it out. You know, yeah. then you get a little one in and that can set the table for, hey, gee, can I do some more of those? Oh, or, yeah. uh, you know, do you have any longer maybe? You know, they'll be, oh, no problem. But like five minutes is such an easy way 
for someone to digest this stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, cause I'm, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, so I do a little, uh, I do, um, which is really cool. Cause I use a lot of visualization meditation techniques, but yeah, talking about you're doing five minutes, I kind of shorten mine down right down to like 20 minutes and yeah. it's just a feel good effect, man. A feel good uh, factor. It taps into that subconscious mind and plays your belief system. And I, I, I it has been really great for me. Like, um, yeah. And I love that. That, that stuff is so powerful because all the stuff that you do, it like immediately helps bring, like drop people into themselves, you know, into their own zone. And that's happening in real time, right? That's mm-hmm. not like an idea for later on. That's like, that's in real time happening. And sometimes I found players have never experienced that. And so once they experience that, they go, oh man, like, I didn't know this is what it was. This is like, this is great. This is easy, you know? So. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I have uh, Vinny Shoreman. He works a lot of the UFC fighters. He's going to come okay. on, on the show next. Um, but he's a, yeah, he's a clinical hypnotherapist and he works a lot with, with fighters. But it, it's just, it's like, um, yeah, it just, it, it's, it's deep relaxation, but hyper-focused. It just funnels mm. everything right back down into, into yourself. And it's, uh, it's, it's really powerful. Yeah, it's great. Wow, you said that so well. I find myself hear, hearing your voice. And I'm like, oh man, I want to do some sessions with you. <laughs> I, want, I want you to know I'll be, you know, because we, we need it too, man. Like we oh, need this time. stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're helping everyone out, you know, and then I'm like, who's helping us out? So I think mm-hmm. it's super important to let everyone know, like, man, doing this work on ourselves is where it's at. You know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm not even kidding. I'd love to like figure out how we can do something. Oh yeah, we can, yeah, we can organize something for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. <laughs> I would love that. Take Irish accent, we'll put you to sleep. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so what about you? I know you mentioned that childlike state and that's yeah, something yeah. And, and it's, I've, uh, did you ever hear of uh, Todd, Todd Herman? Is it Todd Herman? The alter ego effect? You know, I haven't, I haven't read him yet. I haven't like checked that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a great book and it's all about kind of tapping into different states so if you're an athlete, like if you have your, uh, your Superman and then you have, you know, the, the, I forget now his name, but the guy who, uh, who's in the office, who ripped what, what's his alter ego? It's Clark Kent. Clark yes. Kent. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Clark yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just something that kind of like, I mean, Kobe Bryant had the, what the man, was it the black Mamba? Mamba. Black Mamba. Yeah. 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 Um, do you come across that much with athletes in the NBA or is that something that you work with or play around with? absolutely giving yourself permission to be like an archetype right to be a certain persona um it's performance you know allowing yourself to be in that space ricky rubio is one of the most loving human beings i've ever been around a basketball player from spain now plays for the phoenix suns just amazing and uh, when you meet him uh he's as gentle as can be you know and you're just like wow this guy's just gentle. And on the court, it's the exact opposite. It's like a lion roaring with no fear, no, no fear whatsoever, like no fear. And you're like, my, this guy's heart is surreal. Um, so I think, first of all, to make it to that level, you, all of them have given themselves permission to, to go in that space. They wouldn't be there. Like they wouldn't be there unless they had a part of them that was like, <laughs> I have a thing inside of me that I'm going to do. And there's no one who can like stop this, stop this type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then once you get there, you have to learn how to evolve it. You have to learn how to blend that with the team, right? Or, and kind of like 
learn how to do that. But giving yourself permission starts with Alex going, basketball is what I do. It's not who I am. That's a huge difference. So you say, you might say what I do is I'm an absolute badass when I play. Uh, I'm extremely aggressive. I have no fears whatsoever. I trust the process every single second. That's what I do. Who I am, I'm a loving human being, man. That's, that's who I am. Uh, but on the basketball court, this is what I do. And no one can stop me from doing that, so I'm going to do that. And that's what I'm committed to doing. And so they own that, right? They, they own it. Um, and they commit to that. And you do have to kind of own a certain persona. And what I've noticed about a super high level is um, you kind of have to give yourself permission to do that. That that permission doesn't come from the outside. That it's a very youthful thing to be like, I really need the coach to believe in me. They have to tell me to do it, then I'll do it. What I've noticed is it's kind of the other thing. That it's the player that's like, I give myself permission to do it. I believe in this on such a deep level. And then sometimes the coaching staff is like, well, it turns out they can do that. Okay, now we're rolling with that. Because that level of, if you're waiting for permission from everyone else to believe in yourself, I don't know, man. Like that, that's hard, right? You kind of have to take that bold, vulnerable move and be like, I give myself permission to trust my game. Mm-hmm. And if they need to send me home and I get fired today and so be it. But I have to trust it. I got to see what it is. Mm-hmm. And when they go trust in that space, they find the ones that do that can find supreme confidence. Supreme confidence is not where you need permission from someone else. You know what I mean? Supreme yeah. confidence is I don't need permission from anyone else. And I'm willing to go into that space. And it's me and whatever my creator is, me and my source. And we're going into that space and we're doing it. And if you need to fire me, go ahead and get fired. And the funny thing is when you do that, right? You know how high level you perform when you do that? <laughs> like when you just like stop caring and you don't not care about the sport. You're not reckless, right? You're not being a, a mindless fool, but you're like, look, say whatever you're going to say, man. Do what you're going to mm-hmm. do, but I'm going to go trust this and I'm going. Yeah. And I'm more into my spiritual development more into like that than I am like trying to appease, uh, you know, Steph Curry would have never shot three pointers from where he shot from. No one gave him permission. He just started doing that. And then they were like, my God, you can make that. He was like, yeah, that's what I do. So now the whole world's adjusted to that. You know what I mean? But so anyway, that that's a high level of confidence, right? You have to know you have something that's so real that you have to demonstrate it and Mm -hmm. no one else may not even know it exists. So you have to go do it. And they're not going to give you permission until after you do it a whole bunch, then they'll be like, great job. They'll be like, great job. <laughs> That's, um, yeah, Steph Curry, he's, uh, he's phenomenal at the moment. Man, uh, he, he changed the whole game. You know, he was taking what, what looked like bad shots, but he was practicing those shots. And he'd been doing that his whole life since he was three, you know? So then the whole world caught up to like, well, this is, this is what it is now. And he had the confidence to do that, the belief in himself, the joy, the love to do it, because they were not telling him to do that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Damn. So that, that's it. And he is a very spiritual being, right? He's like, look, uh, I can't control the results. Uh, anything is possible. I'm just going to show up and trust, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, because you, you were know? talking about it last yesterday, about him kind of playing that childlike state, just, just, yeah. just the process again and just tapping into that. And I- the key with the, chi- the, the childlike state is you combine it with adult discipline because a child also doesn't know how to feed itself. Doesn't even know how to get hit by a car. Like, you know what I mean? So you're still, it's a child. Like they don't have a clue what's going on on some levels. They know how to engage in the present. They're not at all worried. They don't even know what worries are. So Mm. if you can find that state and then have the discipline to allow yourself to have the space to be in that state, 
Mm. then that's the combination that's about you can't just be a, like a child that's reckless right a child yeah and you can't just be this crazy adult that never allows himself to have fun and be yeah. there you, you like doing both you know that's like the that's like the combo <laughs> yeah 100 my understanding of that was kind of like a ch- being a child is you have no fears you don't you know you don't feel mm. like there's any judgment you're kind of playing with just joy and i'm saying you know just yeah just playing to enjoy the game rather than what people are doing. And another one as well is like being on the court or any other sport. Yeah. If you're in a childlike state, you don't really care what other people think, not in a negative way, but if you, you don't care if you mess up or if you fail or you miss the shot or, you know, so you're just playing with pure joy- enjoyment. And then you're probably playing at your best then. That's the whole funny thing. Like you just said the whole thing. Oh yeah, and you're playing at your best. So yeah. it's like, that's the thing. So we're, we want to go from working hard to working joyous. I think we're coming out of a period in sports that was so like, like work hard, grind, results, never lose. Yeah. And you're like, man, that just crushes everybody. No one mm-hmm. can excel for very long in that. Now we're realizing joy really is amazing. And bringing joy and compassion, uh, you know what I mean, consciousness, all those things actually do really well in sports yeah. if, you're, if you want to win and stuff. And you have the pleasure and the joy and the experience is fun. Yeah. You know? Um, cause I mean, so how many kids do you know that like stop playing sports these days by the time they're 16 or whatever, because they just got burnt out because it was no oh, yeah, fun. And probably another one you often find I'd say with kids is perfectionism. Just that yeah. and pressure of trying to be perfect. And then they just throw, throw it away, you know, throw, throw it in, you know, they get up where how, 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 for someone who's a perfectionist, how does somebody, how does somebody overcome that? Again, it's going back to this kind of whole process, isn't it? Yeah. Well, listen, I always say this. First, I ask them what they're perfect at, and then they're quiet because they're not perfect at shit. So I say, stop. D- don't try to be something that is just the worst thing <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yeah, so yeah. They go, and then I say, if you want to be perfect, be perfect at progress. Mm. Right? Let's, be perfect. Let's be perfect at getting a little bit better every day, which means you're going you're gonna to make mistakes, all that stuff. So if you're going like, to try to be perfect at something, be perfect at being imperfect. Yeah. Be perfect at just thinking about progress. Um, and then... You know, it's so you have to kind of shift your self-talk too, right? You got to judge yourself on this all or nothing thinking. If you're thinking all or nothing, that's not good, right? It can't be zero sums. You got to get back to, let me just today see if I can take away one more layer of something that's in my way of being successful. And let me just kind of keep working on taking away the things that are kind of in my way. So I, big one is progress over perfection. You just work on that mantra over and over again and that starts to set people free right because perfection actually i mean it feels terrible right it doesn't feel good at all uh it's like a burden and then you start avoiding making mistakes and then you're going downhill so we work on progress over perfection and then i say this be perfect at being compassionate towards yourself because you're not perfect yeah like always be easy on yourself when you try to be a perfectionist nail that always be loving to be like i can't be perfect I'm going to sit here, feel vulnerable and understand I can't be perfect and I'm still going to trust and do the action anyway. And yeah. so a lot of it's subtleties of language, yeah. you know, help people focus on what they can't control. And, you know, so like I said, progress over perfection is the language I always use. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's not the easiest thing to overcome, right? So you have to kind of just practice at it a little bit every day and just kind of keep working at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. Oh, big time. It's a, it's a journey. It's a journey rather than just a quick fix, isn't it? It's it's a lifestyle yeah, yeah. change. And, and why are we in a hurry anyway? Why would you want a quick fix? You know, that's what I always, I'm, uh, 
I'm working on a course right now in a book called Walk to Win. And I'm, and I'm basically like, what I notice all the time is we're always in a hurry. Hmm. And I'm always in my mind wondering, like, where are we going? Like, why is everyone in a hurry to get somewhere else? You know, and if we yeah. can learn to come back to where we are, work with that energy now and not think like, I'll get it somewhere else. I can do it here. Mm-hmm. That kind of changes your whole perspective, right? You big know? time. You often hear people, I'll be happy when. Mm. Um, you know, that's a big one. You know, I'll be happy when I get this. I'll be happy when I have that body type. I'll be happy when I <laughs> score a certain amount of points. I'll be happy when, you know, it's always, but you're never, you're never in the future when you think about it. You're always here. So, man, that they have to be aware when you're pursuing happiness. Mm. It's very subtle, but that's a trap because the idea of pursuing means you don't have it here. Yeah. Where working joyously, it can occur now. Now, it's saying we got to work. We're doing like work and work is work, but I can work joyously now. Mm -hmm. I can bring joy to my grind. I can bring joy to my process, to the pleasure. Everyone who calls me wants to be in the NBA. You know, they'll be like 24, 25 years old. And I'll be like, great. What if it doesn't happen until you're 39? And they're like, ugh. And I'm like, do you think all the joy is there? You're, you're missing it today. Because yeah. by the time you get to the NBA, you may hate it. And be like, you got to be on the road all the time. And I'm always away from my family. And you may not like that at all. That's what I did. By the time the NBA called, I was like, oh, this is great. But I don't want to be on the road all the time. This is no fun. So you don't want to miss the joy that exists now by pursuing happiness, even though everyone talks about pursuing happiness, I think experiencing the joy in your labor now is kind of like more the mantra I, I try to work on. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's easy though. Shit does not mean it's easy. Cause look at 2020. Has this been like a, jo- a joyous day every year? I mean, every day, like, no, yeah. Man, yeah, this year's been, this year's kicked, this year's kicked my butt a thousand times, you know? <laughs> Seriously. How is it over there in San Fran now? What's happening? Is it, is it uh, still, uh, so I, I'm married and we have, uh, we have an eight year old daughter, five year old son. They're, they're all still home from school. So no schools right. have opened up. Right. We're hoping maybe like in January, they're going to start trickling back. So we've been home with our kids since March. So oh, wow. this has been, yeah, it's been a wild, wild time, but I've been doing homeschooling. Yeah, we have, you know, everyone's got their computers now, so everyone's doing homeschool or like distance learning. So the teachers are still teaching, but, you know, the mm-hmm. kids are in front of the computers. So we just do the best we can. It's not the easiest, but all in all, everything's cool. We're kind of making our way through it. Um, you know, today's an election day, so it's a crazy day here. In the States, yeah, big man. day today. <laughs> Super tense. I don't oh, know if I anyone's could- happy. Everyone's yeah. just like, hurry up and get through it. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, big time, yeah. Because we we get clips of it, and, uh, clips of it in the news here, and you can, ah, oh, yeah, you can see the tension. But your luck, we'll get, you'll get through it. We'll be all good. Hey, there's my son. Boy. Hey, come here, Ty. Come say hi. It's my son, Ty. How you doing, hi, Ty? Alex. Say hi. Hi, Alex. <laughs> all right, buddy. How you keeping, man? <laughs> We've got a little little break from class right now, so this is life right now, right? This how nice. There you go. <laughs> there it is, man. Brilliant. Looks like that in real time. That's it. Fantastic. Fantastic. <clears throat> so if I had to ask you, Graham, yeah. what, um, what professional, if, if there's any mental skill that professional mental, you know, the NBA players that you've worked with or mental skills that they have really mastered, what would that be? What makes them stand apart mentally than, than others? Well, I mean, I think we, I think we start with the ability to be present, right? That ability 
to consistently be in the moment and trust their skills, right? That's the start of it. You got it. You got to do that. So we have that. And then on top of that, I think a big thing I've seen is patience. And, and that may sound simple, but the ability to be patient and to yeah. stick with what you're doing. Because the route to the NBA might be you go to Europe for a year, then you play in China, then you find yourself in Ireland, and then you don't make an NBA team until you're 28 years old, 29, which is totally doable. But if you think it's got to happen by 19 or 20 or I quit, man, that, that's like a death sentence. So I've found that there's a patience there. And I use the word lethal patience. Okay. Because most of the time when we hear the word patience, right, we kind of go, I, I don't want to be patient. But when we say lethal patience, it becomes a potent resource for you. And so the ability to be present and then have lethal patience, knowing if I just keep doing this, I keep showing up and I keep doing this, it's all happening. It's all making it. And then once you get mm -hmm. to the NBA, you have to have that too. Because just making it to the NBA doesn't mean you're going to play. Doesn't mean like anything's going to happen, right? You might just be the last person on the bench the whole time. And mm -hmm. you got to learn to like deal with that. So presence and patience are paramount to all this. Okay. okay. And what about focus and discipline? Like, is, are these kind of mental skills as well that they just have relentless yeah, yeah, yeah. focus? That I, I would say there's like a ruthless devotion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a ruthless devotion to being focused on the task at hand and continuing to show up. Uh, and the word devotion, don't ever kid yourself. It's absolute devotion. You have to be fully committed to it, fully in, fully trusting. Uh, without the devotion and commitment, I don't know how it's possible. You know, yeah. in fact, and even if you somehow sneak your way into the NBA, you're not going to be there for very long. You know, it'll be like a month or two and you'll get, you'll get yeah. sent home. So that, that devotion and commitment, just absolute bottom line, you know, it's got okay. to be there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, and it's, it's, it still kind of comes right back, doesn't it? To being present like that, that question I asked you about focus, but, what are you focused yeah. on? Focused on the present moment. There's an acronym I, I often go by is wait, um, win. So what's yeah. important now? So just yeah. focusing on, because a lot of time, I mean, even myself, I can find myself like, you know, where do I want to be in five years or where do I want to be in 10 years? And that's great to have in the back of my mind, but then I can get caught up in that kind of dream or vision. And a lot of the time I'm, I'm overwhelming myself, you know, and I'm sure athletes will do the same is, they'll overwhelm themselves of where they want to be. Let's say if they're a teenager playing in basketball and want to make the NBA, NBA league, they just see this long journey ahead of them and they just become so overwhelmed that they just can't see yeah. what they need to do right now in this present moment. Man, you said it so well. And when you can simplify your actions in the present moment to the simplest action to do now, you take yeah. all that overwhelming energy, right? And you learn to just draw it down to your body because it's just energy. And you bring it into the simplest action you're doing now. And Alex, you become so potent. Mm -hmm. You become so powerful. So, for example, I was working with a Division I soccer player before we talked today. And he's figured out that the simplest thing he does is he relaxes and explodes. That's, that's what his body does. He's, he's relaxed and then his feet explode his feet explode. So I said, all you have to do is focus on that. And he looked, he's like, wow, I can do that every time. Mm. So he goes through practice and someone is like, man, you're the fastest player on the team. You're awesome. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. All I'm going to do is relax and explode, bro. That's all I'm going to do. And nobody can stop me from relaxing and exploding. No, I don't know what's going to happen. 
Someone else might say, man, you are shitty. And he goes, cool, cool, cool. All I'm going to do is relax and explode. I know the exact essence of what I'm doing in the presence. And once you figure out that essence and you realize I can do that every time, it becomes surreal, your confidence level. Because no matter what someone does, you know, I've just got to devote myself to this singular focus. Mm. And even beyond just saying present, like it's what's the actual action in the present. Yeah, yeah. And for this, for this soccer player, he just like, when I'm relaxed and then explode, it all happens. And uh, for a basketball player, for the most time, it's this. It's like snap your wrist. Yeah. So they go, oh, all I got to do is snap my wrist. I'm like, cool. Just do that like 20 times today and then watch what happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and then you stay, yeah. they go, wait, the, the actual basketball movements, I can do those all the time. So then I ask him, what's hard? Like, what's the hard thing? Mm. And it's just if your mind loses focus of that and yeah. starts thinking about, oh, I got to make money or I got to make the team or whatever, instead of just the simplest action right now. Yeah. And, and that's where Steph Curry took off. I don't know if you remember, he had broke his ankle early on in his career and he couldn't play. And during that time of not playing, he figured out the simplest action was pushing off with his foot. So he goes, all I have to do is push off with my foot. And then the final thing is like my wrist does this. But the first thing is I push off with my foot and I can do that every time. So he got his focus that simple. Then the shot just takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. Where everyone else is going, oh, my God, I got to make the shot. He's like, just push off. That's it. Just keeping <laughs> yeah. that focus down, this narrow. Yeah. And then do that over and over and over. And then the devotion for a whole game to do it. When it might be seven minutes in a row, look bad, but yet mm -hmm. you're still going to do it. Or 10 minutes in a row are great, and you're still going to do it. It's the devotion to that that makes someone great, you know? Wow. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. In my opinion. This is just my opinion. This yeah, is not yeah, some truth or something. You know, yeah. this is just my experience, you know, what I've seen. Mm, but that's, that's the beauty of mental performance coaching and mental skills coaching is that I think whatever works for the athletes. I mean, that's, know, that's right. That's you know what you teach might work really well for somebody for a lot of people and then it just somebody else just doesn't gravitate towards it and then exactly it just depends exactly. on where yeah and i think that's also really important for athletes is to is to clue in and try different things mental skills coaching different, right, different skill sets that might app you know just might benefit them you know i think it's important Come on. every player i work with i said i better not be the only mental coach you work with you better be getting this from a lot of different angles, from different perspectives. All of us are pointing in the same direction. We want you at your best, but we all have different ways of doing it, different language, different things. So I like, could you imagine like your second grade teacher telling you never work with another teacher the rest of your life? You'd be like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? So like yeah. I, as a mental coach, I'm like, you need to work with as many as you can, you know, get perspective, learn, mm. um, because that's the way to go. Come on, man. We, we all need that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Graham, one last question. Yeah. If, if somebody's in a game, I know there's a couple of Irish basketball players listening right now or viewing and, um, yeah. you know, if they're in a game and, you know, they're, they're getting stressed out and they're losing the game and their, their head is going all over the place. They're worrying about, you know, this is, we're going to lose this game. And, whatever else they're just their mind is running at running a um, hundred miles an hour um how can you come back what what sort of skills or actions can they take to come back to the present moment in the middle of a game okay right on we'll we'll, we'll leave with this little simple technique <clears throat> and it's called abc so it's a little acronym right abc um the a stands for accept just accept what's going on totally accept what's going on 
the B stands for breathe, take your breath, right? Come back. So accept means you might be in a shit game. Your mind's going crazy. Whatever's going on and you recognize, oh my God, just accept it. Then I find my breath, right? I'm back to the present. I find my breath. And then the, the C stands for compassion. I'm going to live with whatever happens. Whatever happens, happens. But I'm back here in the present and I'm trusting. So I accept, I breathe, I have compassion, which means sometimes it's going to feel stressful, right? We're not saying make the stress go away. That makes the stress worse. We're saying, hey, here it is. This shit's all happening. But you know what? I can still trust my game. Yeah. And I think a big realization is you can feel funny. You can feel vulnerable. You can feel shitty and still be okay. And you're still okay. Mm. You know, so you just do the ABC. I accept what's going on. I'm breathing. I have compassion for whatever happens and I'm going, you know, I'm going with it. Keep going for it. Yeah. Brilliant. Fantastic. There it is. (laughs) So who's, who's in your mind? Who's, who's, who's the goat LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Oh man. Uh, I mean, probably it's probably turning into like LeBron James when I look at his body of work. I mean, come on, man, this guy is absolutely amazing. Um, I still have that crazy stigma in my head of watching Michael Jordan as a kid. And so I can't, I can't put it across to be like somebody's better. You know what I mean? Cause I just imagine Michael Jordan hitting a game winning shot against me being like, you bet against me, you dumbass. You know? And I'd be like, I'm so sorry. Like, but then I look at LeBron James and I'm like, this guy's amazing, man. You know, mm-hmm. they're totally different. They're totally different players. Yeah. It's a totally different thing, but I don't know, man. I mean, that debate will go on in history. I'm, I'm probably always a, uh, probably a Michael Jordan guy just because I grew up with that and my, my brain is biased. But LeBron James is absolutely amazing. You know, it is. And I think he's still got a good five or 10 more years. I mean, he he could play till 45 with mo- yeah. the way people take care of their body these days. Oh my I God. have no doubt he could play if he wants to for another 10 years. He's a machine. You know? He's yeah. so big. He's just an animal on the uh, animal. On the it's surreal. It's surreal how fast and big he is, how well he takes care of his body. Uh, I have the ultimate respect for him. You know, totally different player than Michael. You know, LeBron likes to share. He's a point guard. Mike was like that. You know, he's going to take the shot himself, you know, so yeah. Yeah. different dudes, but both amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, look at Graham. I think we'll wrap it up with that. Um, All right. Man, it was an absolute pleasure right on. having you on. I really appreciate it. It was brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you, Alex. Uh, I want to stay in touch, man, and uh, yeah. l- love to get you know a little bit of hypnosis work with you at some point, man, and learn a little from you if that's cool, man. I'd oh, love yeah. to keep expanding and growing, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting field, and I know it'll, it would definitely help with a lot of athletes. It's great. Yeah, it's really powerful. Because I, I find myself making more music these days, and I wonder if, like, in the music, I think the more I learn about more of the stuff you do and the subtleties of voice and, and when to like deepen things and when to plant words, I think I could just make even a more impact with music, you know, where, oh, where nice. I find myself going. Yeah. yeah, maybe we could do a little collaboration with my yeah. hypnosis yeah, yeah, yeah. and the music and stuff. That'll be fantastic. Hey, let's do that, man. Yeah. Um, I, I really think music is a way to do mental training that's just at anyone kind of just has music on mm. at some point in life, right? You just kind of have it on. So I think it's a great way to do it. I'd love to do that with you. I Tell us that. a little bit more about that music and um, for the listeners yeah. and the viewers and where they can find all that. Cause you have a, yeah. That. So I'm going to start um, releasing music in about two weeks here. I have a website, grahambetchart.com. Uh, that's where I'll have most everything. 
And then I, we're going to release the music on like Spotify, Apple, you know, all that, all the usual streaming services. But my website will be where you can just get songs or buy songs. And all of it is, it's mental training music. So every song has a design to it. It's designed to take you to a certain space, to give you a certain amount of wisdom, to deliver it with production that is either like bringing you up into the zone, like with high energy stuff, mm. or it's relaxing you into the zone to bring you down. So it's designed for you as a performer to recognize, okay, what do I need today? Or you as a coach to be like, okay, my athletes need to get up. Let's put these four songs on here. It's a great 15, 20 minutes to kind of elevate energy and get good words in there. Or like, we're too jacked up. Let's come down. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at with music. And the thing that surprised me the most is, I, you know, I'm, I'm in my 40s now. I've been doing this for a little while. Some of the players I've been working with now are musicians. You know, they, they're done playing sports. They're in their late 20s and 30s. And so one of them is a really good rapper. And he's, I started working with him when he was a teenager. And now he's like 29. So we're putting together a group right now called Enter the Zone. And we basically help people get into the zone. And I, I do coaching, right? So I'm not singing or rapping. But he can rap verses because he knows all these concepts because he's been doing them for 17 years. Wow. So deep in his soul, he knows how to talk about being present. And he can bring a certain swagger to it and a certain presence that like makes like, wow, this is, this is great. Yeah. Um, and then I have a DJ I work with who I've been doing mental training with for like eight years. So we're kind of forming like a little group. That's amazing, you know? <laughs> man. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw it coming, right? I didn't know yeah. any of this was going to happen. But as, as I keep showing up in life, I'm like, clearly this is happening. And uh, yeah. so I'm going to do, do the rest. videos and music. They're fantastic, man. They're brilliant. Oh, right on. Thank cool. you. I, I love them. I love I'm, them. I'm excited to start putting out a whole bunch of stuff. So that's what I'm yeah, going to be yeah, doing yeah. a lot coming up. Great. That's awesome. So where can people find you if they want to check you out? Just GrahamBedshirt.com. Oh, yeah. And a, a social media, my Instagram is at Graham the Guide. So okay. that's where I'm going to do all the I'm posting everything I'm doing, where I connect with people. So definitely go check out at Graham the Guide. I have like a LinkedIn account and stuff, but like social wise, Instagram is kind of the one I'm I'm trying to like use that to help and and put stuff out there. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Graham the Guide. Cool. <laughs> All right, man. Well, lucky. Thanks very much. This has been great. This has been really good. Yeah. Let's let's stay in touch. You got it, Alex. Man, hit me anytime. Let's talk soon. And this has been great, man. Thank you. Perfect. All right. Thanks again, Graham. Pleasure. All right, brother. Talk soon, okay? Thank you. You do. Thank you. Bye-bye. Later.